Rick Jensen on 1150 AM, 101.7 FM, WDEL. So the U.K. says they're not going to allow Russian flights in their airspace. It looks like uh, the Nordic states, Finland, Sweden, Denmark, also following suit, not going to allow Russian flights in their airspace. But wait a minute. What does this mean? I mean, what if it's an Aeroflot flight or, or even maybe a private aircraft of Russian citizens who say, we're out of here, we don't want to be arrested because we're protesting the war, and then they fly over France or, or Sweden? I mean, does that mean they're going to get shot down like the Russians shot down uh, Malaysian Flight 17? I'm, I'm just wondering what really happens. So... If you have a question like this, and I do, it's a good idea to find somebody who has a lot of international flying experience. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Jensen Show, Captain Rusty Amer. He's CEO of Aero Consulting Experts, but in addition to that, he's probably the most experienced pilot in the world still flying in a private jet today. He has piloted the Shah of Iran as well as two Russian presidents. He's on the phone right now. Rusty, thanks for being on. I appreciate it, sir. My pleasure, Rick. So, uh, the two Russian presidents, who were they? Um, I believe it was uh, uh, Leonid Brezhnev and Yuri Andropov. Those are old guys, uh, and I'm showing my age. You're a young punk, uh, you know, cowboy, top gun (laughs) pilot back in those days, huh? Uh, well, uh, I, I probably thought of myself that way, but, uh, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't. But uh, uh, they thought that uh, I was a hotshot pilot, and they uh, kind of let me fly those big guys. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I want people to know that you actually uh, have, have earned the FAA's Wright Brothers Master Pilot Award, and uh, you just have a lot of experience. You understand international flights, so... Now we're looking at the U.K. Uh, certainly banning Russian flights to their airspace, as well as these Nordic states, Finland, Denmark, Sweden, taking a look at doing the same thing. I think just yesterday they said they are going to do the same thing. First of all, why don't you just flip the switch and say you're not allowed to fly over our airspace anymore? Well, that's what basically they said. They have banned any commercial flying of uh, any Russian-registered aircraft over their airspace. That's that's it. That means uh, you can't fly, uh, Mr. Airflot, or even private jets. Um, you mentioned about private jets that somebody that wants to escape Russia. Uh, well, as you know, a lot of these Russian oligarchs have their own private jets. They have BBJs, Boeing business jets. Um, so uh, I'm afraid those fellows uh, cannot go anywhere outside of Russia. At all. I mean, can't they just leave and maybe go to Canada? Um, tech, well, Canada's, um, my understanding is that Canada has also oh. closed their airspace. Yes, there was a there was an Aeroflot flight. Uh, I was watching it on the uh, flight tracker that took off from Moscow, uh, somehow got into North Atlantic, but um, I guess when it has to transfer, uh, over Canadian airspace, they turned them around, hmm. went back. Uh, so I, I hope that the civilized world, uh, all in unison, ban every Russian airliner entering their airspace. And that's that's a, um, a tremendous um, message to Putin. 
uh, you know, it's a symbolic, more symbolic than anything else. But, uh, you know, between closing his bank accounts and and don't letting, uh, not letting his airliners fly over your airspace, that's, I think that's a pretty good uh, response. No, it is pretty good. I was wondering even a week ago, you know, why not shut down the SWIFT international transfer? Uh, it's a banking transfer. Uh, some companies, for example, uh, even oil tankers, they, they need to get these, you know, great big loans uh, in order to buy, you know, hundreds and thousands of barrels of oil to transport and such. If you shut down that financial system, then they can't do that either. And I was wondering, well, why didn't they just do that earlier as opposed to before they go in? Since everybody figured they're going to go in in some way, um, but what well, is it? Well, go ahead. I'm, that's fine, Rusty. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. no. You want? To, well, I want to get back yeah. to the air, airlines and, and flying because this really is. Uh, this is where you have such great expertise. And I also want people to know that uh, Rusty and uh, his partners in this consultancy they've been brought in as expert witnesses for uh, a number of lawsuits with airlines because if you have an airline, you're going to get sued by somebody. And they haven't lost a case, like 50 cases or something. It's a pretty impressive record. And I mention that just so people know that you've got some pretty serious expertise. So so what happens? Um, let's let's just say that what if um, that, that's an aeroflot and, and they're trying to escape? I know it's a movie, but <laughs> what if you have people in Russia trying to escape? The, uh, the uh, Putin's after them. They've been protesting the war, and oligarch says, we got an old uh, Aeroflot uh, 757, whatever it is, and we're going to fly it out of here and get you. And next thing you know, they're over France. Uh, they're, they're over England or whatever. Or uh, let's say that they start, that they're heading to Scandinavia. Now, there's a no-fly zone there, and they say, well, we just want to um, seek refugee status What's going to happen? Are they going to get blown out of the sky like uh, like Russia blew up uh, Flight 17 out of Malaysia? Or is something else going to happen? Well, hopefully, like I mentioned again, we consider ourselves as, as a civilized world. I hope they don't shoot down a passenger airliner. There's got to be a difference between us and the Russians. Uh, but, for example, if you decide any uh, airliner that wants to fly between point A and point B, first they file what we call an IKO, International Civil Organization, uh, IKO flight plan. You Before you ever take off, you file this flight plan that goes uh, to every country that you are planning to overfly. So right off the bat, that flight plan is rejected which means you cannot even take off from any airport in current uh, Russia. Um, and then if they do um, bypass that and ignore the fact that they do not have a permission to fly, uh, then there are other, for example, uh, the next sector that they're talking to would be Finland, for example. When you're out of uh, Moscow, you go, uh, uh, by the way, we we fly uh, point to point, um, which uh, uh, the shortest um, distance between two points, which goes into a northern uh, latitudes, the, the higher. In other words, if you want to go from Russia to U.S., you basically fly over the pole. Mm-hmm. That's the shortest way. Uh, so. 
I would imagine a flight plan from an aeroflot from Moscow, let's say going to London, uh, that would go over Finland. And the first thing that the Finland-Helsinki um, approach or uh, Helsinki center would say to an aeroflot is, uh, I'm sorry, sir, you do not have an overfly permission. We cannot let you enter our airspace. Um, if they continue, um, next thing you know, there are several uh, fin- Finnish uh, jet fighters that intercept this aircraft. And by uh, air laws, they have to abide by that country's orders. In other words, these fighter jets will come and strategically place themselves on each wingtip and behind them and in front of them and basically um, rock their wings. They call on uh, uh, one-to-one decimal five, which is the guard frequency. They tell this guy, we need you to land at the, at the airport that we pick, usually a Air Force base. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they will force them down somehow. And, and hopefully not shoot them down. But ultimately, by law... <laughs> Rusty, Rusty, you said hopefully they won't shoot them down. Huh? I, I'm saying hopefully because yeah. I don't like us to be just like the Russians. Right. What are the odds you think that could actually happen? You know, that could happen because... War is a nasty thing. Things happen when there's war. There's uh, trigger-happy people. There, you know, like uh, the latest, if you remember, the latest shootdown was ironically a Ukrainian airliner out of Tehran not too long ago. And it turns out that some trigger-happy guy in a foxhole with a shoulder of um, Sam uh, thought that it was a military aircraft and shot the uh, Ukrainian airliner down, killed everybody on board. So things unfortunately happen in, in wartime. Seems to me like the likely real-world situation would be if they want to get out of Russia, they're trying to go somewhere, uh, they would abide by the Finnish you know, jets, as, as you had described that, land and then allow the authorities to come in and interrogate them and make sure that they are who they say they are and, and such like that and then decide whether or not to allow them to stay in uh, in Finland or wherever uh, or send them back. What do you think would happen if that occurred and they said, we're going to send you back, and then these Russian citizens went back to Russia on this jet? Well, I, I would I would think that they, were, they would be greeted... Uh by Putin's people with uh, the cocktail of, uh, uh, <laughs> what is that cocktail that he gives? His the Molotov enemy? cocktails? Uh, yeah, or, or whatever. Not or, the Molotov No, cocktails. no, the, oh, the poison, yes. You would feed them the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the uh, uranium-derived uh, poison, yes. Yep, yep. So I, I would think that that would happen. And, and you're correct. Um, if, if I managed to escape Russian airspace before getting shut down, uh, let's face it, if um, Putin's Air Force realizes that you're escaping Moscow in a passenger airliner, guess what? They're going to shoot you down first before you uh, even reach the international borders. Has this ever happened to you? You ever get close to uh, airspace that was forbidden? 
Not really. Um, in in the old days, uh, let's say flying between uh, Middle East and Europe, we would go through so many different airspaces. Uh, for example, from Tehran to London, which I flew a lot on 707s and 747s, um, we would go through Turkish airspace. Then it was Bulgarian um, airspace. Those days, uh, Belgrade was obviously a communist country, and they would not allow you to uh, deviate from the center of the airway. And if you could imagine, airway is a um, uh, literally a highway, invisible highway in the air, where we follow to, to the, uh, the best that we can, the centerline of that highway. Uh, and we were going through uh, Belgrade control, and there was a big thunderstorm we picked up on our radar. This was a brand new 747. And we requested um, what we call deviation. Now, in a Western world, anytime you, uh, a pilot requests a deviation, there's a good reason. There's a thunderstorm, you know, something up ahead that we don't want to enter. And uh, very nicely, we asked Belgrade Control if we could deviate 30 degrees to the right to go through this massive thunderstorm that I could see on the radar, big red spot. And the guy came back and said, yet. Sorry. And, and, and uh, I, I should have just turned around and go back the other way. But we had no choice but penetrate this thunderstorm. And we got the, you know, what kicked out of us. Um, that was the closest I got into. And then uh, I was flying another job years later in the early 70s um, when Berlin was under Russian control. But they will allow certain uh, uh, European and American carriers to fly out of Berlin. But there were these corridors. There were three corridors out of Berlin to the west, basically. And um, there were only a couple of airlines were allowed. It was Pan Am, um, uh, British Airways or British European Airways those days. And I flew for this outfit called Aero America um, that had the permission to fly out of Berlin. We were flying in a 707. These corridors were very narrow corridors. And um, you had to stick to the middle of these corridors. It was about a mile wide. Hmm. And uh, this is the the old-fashioned VOR navigation. We didn't have GPS those days. This is in 1978. And these corridors, you had to uh, fly at a certain speed, certain altitude, and we could literally, if there was a good day where we could see, you could see the Russian MiGs literally loitering next to our wing, hoping that our wingtip exceeds that airway to shoot us down. Uh, That was my experience flying those, uh, the famous Air corridors. Well, apparently, Rusty, you did a great job because you're here today on the Jensen Show and WDEL, able to talk about it. So good job with those wingtips, my friend. <laughs> I appreciate the uh, the stories. So, uh, so there you have it. Questions about what does it mean when Russian flights are banned from airspace over uh, the Nordic countries and United Kingdom? Captain Ross Rusty Amer, uh, Rusty Amer. 
And uh, and again, 55 years, uh, 34,000 hours of worldwide heavy jet uh, flight and uh, training and such. Probably even more now since, uh, you know, you probably did some flying over the weekend. I really appreciate the fact you took time with us, sir. My pleasure, Rick. Um, keep up the good word. Uh, let's give Mr. Putin a uh, very, very strong message that he can't bully people around the world. Well, right now the world is reacting, uh, taking out the swift uh, transactions. We've got uh, um, a number of countries that have so sovereign wealth funds, like big mutual funds for wealthy uh, individuals in government, as in, well, in and out of government, saying they're going to cut off all the Russian investments. And, uh, and unfortunately for the people who live in Russia, Putin's actions are sending them into a downward spiral of uh, deepening recession. Uh, again, Rusty, thanks for, your, uh, thanks for your time, and we'll get this on the podcast page at WDEL.com.